Do you struggle with what it means to be successful in your retirement? Trust us, you're not alone. Welcome to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. Here, you'll go in-depth with Guidance Point Advisors Investment Consultants to hear stories about how retirees in Maine are navigating a successful retirement. Get insight into the inevitable challenges of aging and define what a successful retirement looks like. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. My name is Ben Smith. Allow me to introduce my two co-hosts, the Tony Horton and Denise Austin to my Richard Simmons, Curtis Worcester and Austin Miner. How are you guys doing today? Good, Good Ben. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in today, uh, the listeners out there. Um, you know, I, I, Austin, I know one thing that we've been talking about, and I think a recent client uh, conversation we had was how am I going to physically age and how am I going to stay in fit as we age? Right. Um, I think with the client we're talking about, we're, we're saying, geez, I feel good now, right? I'm, I'm in retirement or I just retired and I, I feel pretty good, but I'm a little concerned about how I'm going to age and how I can kind of stay physically fit in the future. Right. So that's something where I know that's uh, that's been a little bit of a concern. Yeah, sure. So yeah, when we sit down with many of our clients, one of their greatest fears in retirement is not being able to stay in their homes for the duration of their retirement. So that's right. if that's one of the biggest fears, what are we doing about that to ensure we stay in our homes as long as possible? That's a big question we have. Obviously, we can use our money and retirement savings to make our homes more age-friendly, but are we investing in ourselves through diet and fitness to do activities to keep us moving appropriately in our homes. So this is exactly what this show is about, using functional fitness to successfully age in our homes. That's exactly right, Austin. And again, uh, while I think the three of us do all right staying active, I don't think any one of us is an expert in the topic. Um, so we wanted right. to obviously bring in a guest who is. So our next guest is a naturopath and yoga therapist, she has authored multiple book series and has been published in major publications such as Reader's Digest, Shape, Self, Spry, The Chicago Times, Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and Red Book, just to name a few. She's also featured as one of the hottest fitness professionals over 50 in Spry Magazine. She has made Quest appearances on several CBS and NBC TV shows cable and podcast formats there. Um, she's been a guest speaker at various conventions and venues, including the Deepak Chopra Center and the Motion Picture Wellness Center. She is the creator and produ uh, producer of Dr. Lin's Anti-Aging Workouts for Everybody with uh, that has international distribution. So she has also uh, created and produced Dr. Lin's Functional Fitness for JLTV.TV and her YouTube channel. Um, and I'll say for all our listeners, uh, please visit her products page uh, for her other classes, which include Karma Yoga, Sex Matters, and How to Prosper with a Purpose. And we will link all of those also in our show notes for everyone to so be kind of easily accessible for everyone there. Our guest also, this is exciting, is originally from Maine. We love that. Um, she relocated uh, from Los Angeles to Sarasota with her husband, Dan, where she teaches her online classes and continues to write. Um, she is also a mother and a grandmother, and she has said that her grandchildren are her greatest joy. So with that, uh, please join me in welcoming Dr. Lynn Anderson to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. Dr. Lynn, thank you so much for coming on our show today. 
Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And I have to say, I'm thrilled to to be doing a podcast where you're combining two very important things that have to do with retirement, health and finances. Perfect. We got <laughs> <Right>? it. <laughs> health, health and wealth is the is the theme today, right? <laughs> right. So, right. so that's, and Dr. Lynn, as, as you know, we, we de- definitely can cover the wealth side, but when it comes to health and people expressing those fears to us about, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I know kind of staying in our homes, as Austin was alluding to in our introduction, I think is one of the biggest fears we hear about, uh, hey, I want, I, I, I'm scared to go to that next level of retirement community to assist a living, to support a living, to hospice. I, I don't, as soon as I go to the next stage, it means that I'm, I'm on that downslope and I don't want to be there. So, being in our homes as long as independently as possible is a really big deal. So we're going to get into that a lot today, but we always also want to hear a little bit about our guests, get to know you a little bit. So love to hear about your upbringing and how you were led to a career of fitness. Well, I was brought up on an island off the coast of Maine. The town of Harpswell has an island called Great Island, and I grew up on mm-hmm. Great Island in the fishing village there. Went to Excellent. school at Brunswick High School. So I'm, you know, I'm a Ma- University of Maine, my undergraduate. Right. So I kind of, you know, that was uh, the beginning of my process. When I went back to school, when I went back to the University of Maine, I went back as a single mother. And I had two young children, and I was broke. I had no money, I, you know, a young girl with two kids, putting myself through college. And um, I'm kind of a type A overachiever. So, you know, I wanted a 4.0. I have to say I got a 3.8, didn't get the 4.0, but, you know, got the kids. And here I am, you know, going to school and raising two kids and trying to work part time. And honestly, at the very end of it, after I graduated, there was a collapse a burnout. You know, I had just reached that point where I had just been going, going, going as fast as I could go. And I just, everything stopped. And it was at that point that I realized and that I really needed to focus on my health. And I kind of flashed back to my upbringing on the island where we didn't have a doctor. And a lot of the things that we did was folk medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and and we ate organic without even knowing we are eating organic. You know, you eat what's there in season because back in my day in Maine, you just didn't get in the car and go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. That was that was what you did once a month, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, you know, and always being a very active outdoors person, you know, my father was an outdoorsman. So we, you know, grew up with that. I came back and I said, you know, the things that are really important are diet and exercise. Those are the really important things. And that kind of led me down the pathway to health and fitness and also working towards becoming a naturopath. Dr. Lynn, I I love that. And also, I love that you're from Maine and you have these Maine roots. And I know you still have those roots that call you from time to time, which we're going to talk about. I'd love to hear about your geographic journey going from Maine to Los Angeles to Sarasota. Oh, my goodness. I've never even driven on a freeway before. You know, I just I I mean, I landed with my 16 year old daughter in Los Angeles, didn't know anybody, didn't even know how to drive, didn't even know how to get along. And, you know, Los Angeles is crazy people and noise and all of that kind of stuff. But long story short, we made it and I I ended up staying there for 30 years. And that's kind of how I put my career together because I finished my education, my PhD and my ND as I was in Los Angeles. And then I kind of that began my career of having a private practice there. And then I also was in fitness and health. I taught 
yoga classes and fitness classes. And I became a certified yoga therapist. So and produce that's where all the TV shows and all of that kind of Hollywood stuff comes from. <laughs> oh, very nice. Uh, so Dr. Lynn, you have books, DVDs, a YouTube uh, channel and work with folks online. Can you tell us a little bit about your practice today? Well, my practice as a naturopath, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, they're two different things, but they integrate mm-hmm. yoga therapy and naturopathy work together. But as a naturopath, our philosophy is, is that you must have perfect balance in the body, the mind and the soul to have perfect health. You can't have perfect balance in the body and then the mind's all screwed up or, you know, or you don't have connection with your soul. Mm-hmm. So as a naturopath, we look at what can, where, let's, you know, bring balance to the physical being, let's address the mental and let's address the soulful. And if you bring them all together, you create perfect health. Mm, I love that. I want to keep going a little bit here. And I have kind of a lighter question, I think, before we really dive into the topic, but I want to ask it. So I know I read off in the bio um, that your greatest joy are your grandchildren, right? Mm-hmm. So can you just like share with like, tell us about them and maybe what sort of fun adventures um, you guys get into together? Well, I have three grandchildren. I have two uh, two grandsons who just graduated from high school this year. Okay. One is going off to college and one is going to um, trade school. Yeah. And then the third one is my little granddaughter, and she graduated from preschool. So I had three graduations. Oh cool. <laughs> but one of the things that I did with my grandboys is I always had, whenever we were together, we would have what's called um, breakfast with grandma. And that meant I would go pick them up and individually or sometimes the two boys together because they were very close. Mm. I would take them to breakfast separate from their parents and everybody else. And we could just talk. And I would say, we can gossip about the family. We can talk. (laughs) (laughs) And so many things would come out with those young boys because they felt they could say things to me that maybe they couldn't say to mom and dad, or I would hear things and I could maybe direct them and they would listen a little more because grandma loves you unconditionally, you know? So it was a really good way for me to communicate. And I will tell you that both of my grandsons at the age they are now, when they see me, when I go up to Maine to see my grandson up there, he puts the time aside. Yeah. He wants breakfast with grandma, even at 18. I love that. So, you know, that makes me feel really good. I love that. Dr. Lynn, I, I know um, we actually had an episode on with a, a social worker as well and talking about uh, grandparents and kids and grandkids connecting. And I think what you just said is uh, is kind of spot on to what he was saying is having a date, right, is kind of get outside the comfort zone and get outside the electronic uh, universe and just put things down for a second and just be present to each other and let things kind of spill out and being open to listening and receiving and let them let them share right and and meet them where they are is another big thing so i i commend you on what you just said is that that's uh, that's really fantastic from from that angle well you know they like i mean it doesn't matter what age you are everybody likes attention and when you can kind of feel that you can get out of that and you can be open and that, you know, your grandmother's not going to judge you. She's going to love you and she's going to foster things in you. Then that gives them a safe base to come to. And I will tell you that I have one grandson that whenever he has any issues, questions about girls or any of that stuff, he calls me. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's so nice. Great. <laughs> 
Well, well, Dr. Lynn, I know uh, our conversation today we're going to get into is that that topic of using functional fitness, uh, fitness to sex, successfully age in our homes. But we always want to start with definitions, right? We always want to start with using the same terms so we know what we're, we're all talking about. Love for you to define exactly what is functional fitness and what are some examples that we can use to help us stay physically active as we age? Mm-hmm. Well, functional fitness really means quality of life. And quality of life means to be able to do the everyday things you want to do, playing with the grandchildren, being able to make the bed, getting yourself dressed, climbing the stairs. Um, you know, newly retired people, what do they want to do? They want to travel. Traveling is important. So functional fitness is really more designed in taking fitness, different fitness moves and fitness programs and working it into a functional way. For example, in my functional class, we do, uh, we do aerobic dance. There's a dance that we do. And the dance is really not about a dance. It's about movement to music. And it's scientifically designed so that the movements are working on balance. They're working on flexibility. We're not just dancing. There's a purpose behind every move. So if you are doing that then and improving your balance, then let's say when you go and I just came back from Europe and in Europe, everything's cobblestones and steps and wobbly, you know, you have a better sense of balance because people fall. We start to lose our balance at age 30 and it's something we have to continue to work on. So that's kind of an idea uh, what functional fitness is all about, being able to do those everyday things. Mm, nice. That's great. I need some of that uh, dancing. I think we have plenty of cobblestone streets here in Portland. Yeah. So, yeah, yes, you do down in the old port. Right. Um, so, Doctor Lynn, let's talk about uh, proactive aging. What are some things we can do to proactively keep ourselves healthier as we age? Well, proactive means to pay attention to your diet, and it means to exercise, and it means to do things every day. Simple thing, very simple. I tell my clients, take a walk every day, but make sure you take it in the sunshine because you're going to get double whammy. You're going to get the exercise of your walk and you're going to get the vitamin D from the sunshine. Two things that we need that are very important as we're aging. So it's getting up every day and taking a proactive, a positive look at aging. You know, in this country, we tend to aging becomes negative, negative, negative. It's not a negative thing. You know, when you retire, you have freedom for the first time in your life. You've got freedom. You can travel. You can sleep in. You can go to the gym every day. So it's getting up and really having that positive feel about yourself that you're really going to live your life to to its fullest. I love that. And you you just teed up my next question perfectly. So I want to talk about that transition here a little bit. right, the transition from or into retirement from a career. So we see it all the time with our clients in conversation. This can be such a tough time for many people, right? Trying to find that renewed purpose, right? As you said, you have so much free time. What am I going to do? I've worked in the same job for the last 50 years, maybe, right? It's so people, again, looking for that purpose, maybe feeling lost, the feeling of fear and the uneasiness of change can really disrupt us. So I want to ask, how have you helped people kind of during this transition, but maybe in that nutrition and and fitness lens? Well, you know, one of the, the big things that is important to all of us for our mental health and our physical health 
is socialization. We are social creatures. And so when you leave the workplace, you leave your friends, you leave that social network. Mm. So I encourage people to go and get involved in a fitness program where they can come together and be social with other people. Because once you connect to make that social connection, and of course, if they make it with the teacher and the teacher's a good teacher, she'll pull people in and get them connected. They're going to show up. They're going to keep coming back because they're going to want that socialization almost more than the fitness, but they Mm -hmm. get the fitness as well. And I will tell you that once I get my my network, my group, I know when they don't show up, I will tell them, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. And I send them an email and they're like, oh, Dr. Lynn, I've been busy. I've been doing this, but I'm coming back. And they come back, (laughs) you know. So it's really, you know, get you have the time now. So get out and and. Most people, if you walk into a fitness class, I would say that really good teachers are out there. They will welcome you and bring you in because it's it's hard to walk through the door to, you know, an already established class. Uh, But that's one of the best things you can do to get yourself back out there and socialize and meet people. Lynn, I, I think that's that's really great because we've we've had a personal trainer on too, and that's what they say is that that kind of there's this intimidation, right? To to step in and everyone's going to be friends and everyone's going to know each other for years and I'm going to be the outcast of the group and they're going to know all of the moves and I'm not going to know any of them and right there's this I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be intimidated. I don't want to get into a relationship with a trainer or or a coach here that makes me feel worse about myself. Right? I want to feel better, right? I don't want to feel worse. Right. So I think that's a really big deal about having a welcoming attitude and, and kind of also being a coach and you're, you're, you're kind of rooting for them more than maybe they're rooting for themselves at yeah. that point is too. Right. So I, I want to ask a question because I, I attended a conference and I saw Deepak Chopra in person. So he was a keynote speaker and what was really fascinating is kind of talking about our bodies. And again, he's kind of has some really, I think really intense and deep thinking around our bodies and how they work. And, he was making the point about almost our, our bodies being uh, routine 3D printers is that, look, our, our heart, you know, obviously we, we shed cells all the time. So our bodies have to regenerate cells and that a lot of our organs, including heart and lit, uh, liver and lungs, right? They're continually being regenerated over time, almost that there's enough cells that are being created of those organs that we we almost recreate them seven or eight times in our lifetimes, which is fascinating to think about you almost have a version one of yourself and a version two and version three and you keep Mm kind of going and he was kind of even saying that we don't really have a lot of knowledge about our bodies because there's 600 trillion cells in our bodies Mm -hmm. which is more than all the stars in the milky way galaxy so i guess my larger point here is obviously our bodies are continuing to change and adapt as we age right they continue to just to Mm -hmm. learn right and and think and and adapt with us so my, my, again, my larger question here is how do we adapt ourselves so we can take care of ourselves kind of through those decades, right? Because our bodies are changing, but maybe our minds are not kind of adapting with us. So how do we keep those two things in sync? And as you said about also the spiritualism as well is important, but how do we keep those things in sync where maybe our bodies are maybe leading the way here a bit? 
Yeah. Well, you know, we do, we change, um, they say about every 10 to 12 years, you're, actually your whole body changes, you know, because your cells are breaking down and they're changing, you know. And of course, it's what you do. I tell my clients, it's what you do in that decade that determines where you're going in the next decade. Mm-hmm. So if you're in that decade, you're focused on taking care of your health with good nutrition and exercise and sleep, which are the three pillars of health, then you're going to transition into that next phase, a much healthier person now you will age because i hate to say this to you but aging happens it happens the moment you're born and it doesn't stop until you die i mean it's the it's the process of life so as we're going through each decade i remind my clients and my students that you know each decade requires modifications and adjustments that's life from, you know, all the way through life, you're always going to have to adjust mental things, physical things. We adjust our finances. We adjust our home. We adjust. We're always adjusting and moving. And it, you know, so it's getting in touch with what's going on with your body and learning how to pace yourself at different ages. Uh, you know, uh, uh, to address it, you know, most people as they're like going into their 40s and 50s, they still want to run like they're 30 years old. And it catches up with you. And it's hard to say, well, gee, I can't do what I did when I was 30. But that's okay. You're not 30. You can do Mm -hmm. different things. And what happens is you're a little wiser, and your mind's, you've got more up here, right? And so yeah, and it doesn't mean that you can't do everything that you can't go out there and do the things that you enjoy doing. It's just we have to adjust a little. Maybe the knee's a little stiff, so we're going to adjust to a different kind of class or, you know, or do a different kind of exercise. So it's being able to let go of that control that we all want. And the fact that none of us want change, but it is the only absolute in life. So you might as well accept it. (laughs) You know, life is constantly changing. And it's a learning to flow with the change. And I think that's probably the one thing in health and fitness that really hinders people the most is when they hold back and they're, you know, they're just resistant to the change in life. Dr. Lynn, I feel like you're you're picking on me here a bit. I, I am in my <laughs> early 40s and try to do oh. things that are in my 30s. So I feel like you're picking on me a bit, but well, I'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's important to be able to each decade to be able to focus on where do you want to be in the next decade? You know, when I was in my 50s, I knew where I wanted to be in my 60s. And so mm-hmm. I worked towards it. But I also knew you know, I'm I'm very fit for my age. And in my 50s, I was teaching three to four cycle classes a week, you know, five to six yoga classes, I had my practice, all of that going. But I also began to experience changes in my body. And I knew as I got into my 60s, if I kept pushing myself the way I did in my 50s, I was going to injure myself. And then I'm going backwards. Mm -hmm. So that's the whole key, you don't want to go backward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that's always a goal for me. And I'm in my mid thirties and just certain things like with working out, I have to be a little more careful, but it's well worth not trying to push myself so hard because I have been set back a couple of times and I know how much that is just, <laughs> it's mentally frustrating too. So, yeah. but I know the topic today is successfully aging in our homes, uh, which infers that many of us might struggle with aging in our homes. Why is that? And what are the common challenges you're seeing of today's retirees, which might force them to leave their home if they don't take care of themselves? 
That's a really good. You know, I have an elderly father who's up in Maine, and that's why I do travel to Maine every eight to 12 weeks to help mm-hmm. my dad out. And my dad is still right now living in his home um, at the age of 89. <laughs> he's still driving, too, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you yep. know. And and he's he's and I can say this because I'm a Mainer. He's a stubborn Mainer. We are stubborn, <laughs> we, independent we are. people, and we have to be because we have we deal with a, a a climate that makes us strong and independent. And most people really, I mean, want to stay in their home. And studies have shown over and over again that people are healthier and happier the longer they can stay in their home. But the challenge becomes, you know keeping up the house. The challenge uh, comes in when, um, like, for example, with my father, when my mother passed away, all of a sudden, he's, you know, he's alone. Mm. That changes the dynamics of what's going on in your home. So then you have challenges like stairs, you have challenges like bathrooms. And those are the things that it's really important to kind of take some of your money and invest it at that time in, like, for example, with my father, we took the downstairs bathroom and we made it a complete walk-in shower for him. Yeah. That's a safety thing. He can stay in the home because of that. He doesn't have to go upstairs. So we adjust things that way, make a ramp if they need that in order for a walker. So there are a lot of little things you can do. And and by the way, I'll just throw this out there. And I'm sure it's true of other towns, but like the town of Harpswell, for example, gets grants from the government, which they will go in and they will help people with minor repairs and they help people to stay in their homes. So I would encourage anyone to tap into what's going on in their town because the money's there and you know take advantage of it Mm, i love that and that's a really good suggestion i'm glad you brought that up i want to rotate a touch here um, and talk about something that we've had uh, previous episodes around as well but I, i definitely want to get your kind of point of view here dr lynn so i want to talk about ageism okay so we can only imagine, um, I think, in specifically in your industry, right? You have trainers, health instructors, fitness. I think so much of that might be centered around, you know, being body beautiful and young, right? Do you think that your health expertise and in, in by your yours specifically or your peers, do you think like that worldview and your expertise gets discounted by others, maybe from an ageist point of view? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll answer that first by telling you that I come, you know, I come from Hollywood, body beautiful mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And yes, at the time I was in Los Angeles, and it still is in a lot of those areas, that when you walk into the gym environment or fitness environment, it's all about are you young and beautiful and fit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the problems that they have in fitness is that they don't always have instructors who can instruct to a particular age group i.e. the older group. And so you'll get a young instructor in there and she's leaping all over the place and they can't keep up and they can't relate. So when you come in as an older instructor such as myself and you've got an older group of people, they know that you know what's going on with their bodies because you're there. And that's what's really, really important. Fortunately for me right now here in Sarasota, I teach at Sarasota Memorial Hospital. And Sarasota Memorial Hospital, I do lectures there and I also teach fitness classes there. And Sarasota Memorial Hospital is really um, there. They have a gym. It's a health fit. It's called Health Fit. And it's really it's for physical therapy and stuff like that. But it's also a gym. And most of the people during the daytime that go there are older people. And it's a wonderful environment for them to go in and they can do 
chair yoga or they can do standing up yoga. They can do work in the pool. So there's a lot of programs out there if we dig a little deeper. We don't need to just go to the body beautiful gyms. Yeah. But to answer the second part of your question, yes, ageism, ageism is a problem when we think in terms of physicality. Yeah. But I will tell you, I do a lot of lecturing and I do a lot of podcasts and things. And I'm always amazed at how if someone younger is interviewing me, how they're really interested in what I have to say and not discounting it because it's coming from years of experience. Yeah, that's a good point. And yeah. And so if you're open to that, for example, karma yoga teaches us that one of the things that gets in our way in life is blocking knowledge. That means I know it all. Yeah, I'm there, right, yeah. you know, right. and, if you keep yourself open to constantly learning and constantly growing, it does keep you youthful and it's important to be open. So that's, that's the real key to it all. Hmm. Dr. Lynn, I, I like that a lot because um, again, even in our industry as well, where again, you're trying to counsel people in their finances and, and many of us are do it yourselfers our whole lives. Just I'm sure like fitness, right? It's like, yeah, I can go for a, for a run and I can go do these things. But then when it comes to adaptive things, or I need to, there's more complex situations that I'm not used to, do-it-yourself uh, can be a little bit more dangerous and um, maybe not the best way to, you know, the ghost seeking out advice is, is a, so we, we get that from our end too, right? Is hearing people, no, I've done this my whole life. I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, yeah, okay. That, that, and that's fine. But there are times and situations where I think it makes a little bit more sense to, to seek help, right. And uh, to get people to kind of give it, give another view. I, I want to go back to one point you did make about uh, looking for grants around aging in our homes. One thing we have had on our show a couple of times is uh, local area agencies on aging, right. And in the state of Maine, there's a really fantastic network of those agencies. And, Again, they're they're government funded and they're really great advocates for all of us in our communities and aging in our homes. So whether it be Meals of Wheels, but also from Medicare counseling to mm -hmm. things like that. So I just want to kind of expand on that point to what you said. They would be a really great entry point to find those grants yeah. about modernizing our homes or insulating them for the winter to keep the uh, heat costs down, things like that really great resource. I just wanted to make that point as well. Next is I want to ask about your dad in Harpswell, right? And obviously, as you said, you come out to Maine every eight to 12 weeks to help out, check in on him, make sure he's he's set up. And you and I shared a little of our stories back and forth. Uh, previously, my grandfather at, at I think it was 94 or so, um, had a limb over his car, decided to get up on his own. He was living independently. So got up on the ladder, stretched to get the limb because it was going to scratch his car and he started to cut it. And we all know what happens next of we fall and we break a hip and there goes independent living, right? Because we, mm -hmm. we try to do too much. So I, that was a lesson, of course, I saw uh, personally within our family. I would love to ask uh, about the lessons you have received by observing your dad's aging that you are now applying to yourself. 
Well, you know, uh, again, my dad was a, a big, uh, he's a big outdoorsman. And, um, you know, so he's a, he's one of the, you know, chopping wood notes, you know, that's my dad, you know, yep. nothing's going to stop my dad. You need anything, dad takes care of it, you know, and it's been very hard on him as he's getting, you know, going on in years to not be able to do those things. Mm-hmm. He has, um, a, it's called Parkinsonism's, which is a Parkinson's type disease that he has. So he falls a lot. Mm-hmm. And actually this last week he did take a very bad fall and um, he is actually in rehab right now. Mm. So he's had to make that. And we're in the process of perhaps maybe having to make that transition. And to answer your question, it's because he really, he didn't want to listen when it was time to listen to dad, you can't do that stuff. He wanted to just push it through, you know, that independent ornery part of him just wanted to push it through. And it's very important, I think, that you listen and take in and pay attention because as I always said to my dad, you don't want to take that big fall. Mm, You take that big fall. That's it. There's nothing I can do. I can't help you once you've taken that big old tumble. And, you know, so it's important to, it's called pride and you kind of have to let that go a little bit and you have to allow others to help you and, you know, come to that place in your life. And what I always say to my dad is, well, dad, you took care of me. Now it's my turn. I said, when you are born, I told him this the other day. I said, when you are born, you're given this little diploma and it says, you know, once, once your dad and mom get old, you have to take care of them. They get to take care of you. Then you have to take care of them. I like that. I like that. (laughs) You know, and he kind of laughed. He goes, all right, all right. (laughs) Dr. Lynn, it feels like just kind of observing this as we do over the years too, and, and kind of seeing this again with our family and our friends and also the, the, the population, the listeners here today is this, I, I wish that people would just kind of understand that point of, of it feels like we want to have a hundred percent independence, right? We want to have hundred percent independence and then go a hundred percent dependence. And I don't want to tip over, right? I just want to stay and I will do everything myself. Mm-hmm. And it feels like there's a more natural glide path here of, Hey, what if, um, what if I called up my daughter and said, Hey, Dr. Lynn, I have a, you know, I have a branch over my car. I'm a little nervous about getting on that ladder. Could, do you think you could arrange for somebody to take care of that for me so that I don't fall and then I don't go to rehab and I don't to maybe that forces me out of my home at 89, right? Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. if I let go of some things that may allow me to have the majority of my independence for longer. Is that, is that maybe, maybe it's just the main thing, but it feels like from that stubbornness and I'm going to just do it all myself, not Mm going to burden anybody, man, that just happens. This, this attitude happens a lot. I feel like. Right. The word that you just used. And I've heard that from my dad. Oh, I didn't want to burden you. Mm -hmm. Dad, it's not a burden. It's more of a burden for me to go pick you up in a heap somewhere with a broken hip or whatever, you know, bash your head open. That's more of a problem for me than you calling me and saying, you know, like my dad had a problem with his car and he couldn't deal with it. And so I got the car and took it to the dealer and got it fixed and got it home. And it made it so much easier on him. But, you know, he had to let go of that responsibility and let me do it. And it's very hard, I think, because one of the real things is, and I know because I, uh, being a mother and, and I have adult children, you know, and my children sometimes like to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm your mother. You don't 
tell me what to do. And we, so those conversations have to be very careful because you can't come in and start treating your elderly parent like they're a child because they're not, they're not a child. And they're going through all of this stuff they're going through in their life and they're processing all this stuff. You have to really meet them where they are and then reach out and help them, but never try to discount them and, and make them out to be a child because that's when they get angry. And when they get angry, they won't pick up the phone and call you. So it's important to respect them, respect their, their feelings and, and what's going on with them. 100% agree. So Dr. Lynn, I'd like to talk to you about diet. Um, so like Ben was discussing earlier and you've covered our bodies change as we age, but especially around our tastes and what tastes good to us. What should we know about diet and our bodies that we can apply over time? Well, the most important thing is to start out, of course, is to to eat a healthy diet throughout your whole life. Mm -hmm. And a healthy diet really means eating as close to nature as you can. You know, it's not about taking supplements or any of that kind of stuff, but it's eating really non-processed food and making sure that you get all the right vitamins and nutrients in there. Now, as we age, sometimes that's a little harder. Sometimes it's hard for people to, they have digestive issues, so kidney problems come in or heart problems. You know, as we're aging, the body is is changing. So I always say that it's really important to reach out. And if you can find someone, a, a good doctor, who will really kind of guide you through how to, you know, have a really decent diet and a good diet for your age, mm. then that's important because we do have to shift those things around. Maybe, um, you know, for example, uh, someone has is pre-diabetic and they've been enjoying ice cream and cookies their whole life, you know, and all of a sudden you've got to eat a bowl of fruit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's got to be your sweet. Well, it's making that adjustment and understanding how to make that adjustment. And sometimes it requires working with someone to kind of guide you a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think you, I'm glad you added that piece at the end because it, it's kind of our conversation earlier about everyone's so DIY, I think, naturally. So to, to recognize when it's time to pull in some help and some experts to really make the change, I think that's very important. Dr. Lynn, I want to, uh, I'll start by thanking you again for your time today. I do have one final question for you and it's really focused on you here. Um, so obviously the name of our show is Retirement Success in Maine. Um, I know you're not in Maine right now, but maybe you will be soon or, or whatever. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you, how are you going to find your personal retirement success? Well, um, my husband and I, my husband owned a business huh? and he, he sold his business. And, um, you know, of course, we, we, the two of us have been um, really good with our money mm -hmm. and investing our money in different places. So we have mm -hmm. it invested in different places and that's what we'll live off. We don't have a pension. We have that money sure. invested. We also don't own, uh, have any bills. You know, yeah. we own our home, we own our cars. I mean, that's really important. I think mm -hmm. more important than money in the bank is to have yourself debt free because you have a lot more options when you're debt free. And so that's really for the financial end of it is we've set ourselves up so there's no debt and there's enough money coming in comfortably to cover everything and to do some of the things that we like to do, travel and things like that, because yeah. those things are important. You can't just live your life stashing all your money away and not enjoy it. That's right. It's there yeah. to enjoy, but you also have to be very careful because hopefully everyone will live a long life 
And we know that when we get towards the end of life, um, you know, you do sometimes you have to go to, you know, um, long term care. Sure. You know, you need the money for that. You know, that's not paid for with insurance. So it's kind of like that's really, you know, and that's also very main. It's very main to not have death. Right. It's very it's very main. I mean, my mother raised me. She you know, when we I remember she had a credit card. And she said, all right, you can charge something, but you have to pay it. Yeah. You, you, you have to pay it the next month. And if you can pay cash for everything, you know, and I still, I still pay cash for stuff, <laughs> you know, but it's really, that's what's really, I think, important. And that's really where we're at in terms of our financial. Yeah, Dr. Lynn, I'll, I'll add to it too, because there's, there's an attitude, especially when you go to, when you quote unquote the county, right? When you go to, especially Northern Maine, Aroostook County, and, and you just, we still have the, you know, the, the lobstermen, you have the potato farmers. They come to, uh, you know, the metro area, whether it be Bangor, Augusta, Portland, and they just drop 60,000 on a truck and just here's the cash and just boom, there you go. So yeah, I, uh, there's a, there's this little, um, hey, I, I like the independence of it. I like the cash of it. I can just yep. kind of do what I want and having that financial independence and financial freedom is a really important thing to achieve because I think then you're leaving, living a more stress free life. So if you're doing that financially, as you're suggesting, but also from the lessons that you taught us here today, if we're taking care of ourselves, then we can enjoy that money too, right? As long as we possibly can, and we can have the maximum enjoyment of our life by being healthier, being kind of more active in our in our livelihoods, so that hopefully when we get to 90, that we're able to continue, continue to do all things that we want to do mm-hmm. and still enjoy it and, and enjoy our families as well. So Thank you so much for coming on our show today. It was really a treat, such a pleasure. We'd love to ch- maybe check in with you again here too, uh, because uh, I think there's a lot more we could cover, but thank you for coming on our show. Well, thank you guys. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. So Dr. Lynn, uh, episode 91, again, kind of exploring that theme, right? That functional fitness, uh, mm-hmm. aging in our homes, how to stay independent as long. Because just, I know, obviously, from the three of us and our work and especially our team at Guidance to Advisors, just that that's a constant fear that kind of comes up, right? Is yeah. that people are, they, they want to stay independent in uh, their living situation as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, I, I think there's a mainer theme that happens there about not asking for help and, yeah. and I can just do it all myself. And, um, and, and I, I think that that's something we're just getting some advice from outside. We thought this is a good episode to do that with. So I thought Dr. Lynn Anderson did fantastic today and even better that she had connections to Maine and a true kind of from Maine herself yeah. uh, and her dad's a Mainer. It's uh, pretty cool from that end. Of course, as always, we will have uh, links to Dr. Lynn's website, um, uh, some of her, her YouTube channel, things along yeah. that. So all those resources will be on, on our blog page. So to find that, you can go to blog.guidancepointllc.com backslash 91 for 91. And you can see all that transcript, video, um, all that will be there. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for 91 episodes of uh, tuning in as well. It's a privilege and an honor for the three of us to, to do this with you. If you like to reach out, love to hear from you. Just comments, questions, um, uh, suggestions. Uh, love to hear that too. But we will catch you next time. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just listened to an information-filled episode of the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. 
While this show is about finding more ways to improve your retirement happiness, Guidance Point Advisors' mission is to help our clients create a fulfilling retirement. We do financial planning so that people can enjoy retirement and align their monetary resources to their goals. If you're wondering about your own personal success, we invite you to reach out to us to schedule a 45-minute listening session. Our advisors will have a conversation with you about your goals, your frustrations, and your problems. Make sure you check out Guidance Point Advisors on our blog, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And you can always check out more episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And of course, keep on finding your retirement success.